0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of It Is What It Is, a Bit.net's news and current affairs podcast. Each and every week, we're bringing you all our takes and all the news you need to know about. I'm your host, Jack Cruz, and joining me this week, two of my favourite humans in the world. From putting in work, it's John O'Peck. What's going on? And, darling in, all the way from Austin, Texas, mm. formerly from Nixa, Missouri, all the way from the US of a... It's the wonderful Logan Wilkinson. Hey, thanks for having me, Jack. No, thank you. Thank you for getting up super early, and uh, yeah, it was, not, and, and,
1: it was and, only like ten minutes earlier than usual. <laughs> it was crazy, crazy. Well, crazy. that's
0: that's good. That's good. It's good to have you here, my friend. Thank it's, you. It's um. It's it's good to see your face. It's good to hear yes. your voice.
1: It's always a joy to see either one of the two of you. said both of you together, you know, it's like a Christmas miracle here, it's like right? A like a double whammy. Yeah, exactly.
0: Very good. Very good. And uh, and how and how are we, gents? How's things? What's what's news? Let's 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 catch up quickly before we do- dive into the news. I mean, I'm I'm
2: fine. Thank you for asking. It's like 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 <laughs> Logan said. It's really good to see both of you guys. I like doing these uh... three man triple threat. It is what it is. Menage Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not not sure much menaging happening. No, no, no
0: we'll it's say, not like we'll parlay. We Let's only walk. just started, we can, we can see what's, uh, we can see, you know, the night is young, Jono. Mm, it's, the night it's, is young. It's, it's morning for, for Logan though, so. That's yeah, true. Even better. We've even even better. got even more time Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and how are you, Logan? How's things, how's Austin, Texas treating you this time? Uh,
1: good, yeah, it's nice. Uh, it's getting hotter now, oh, yeah. which is be. good. so um, very exciting. The weather outside has been not great, um, a lot of rain, but... It's fine. I went home to Missouri a few weeks ago uh, for my sister's graduation. Mm-hmm. She got a master's in architecture, so oh, okay. big things happening all around. Congratulations. Um, yeah. It was nice to be back, too. Freshman mm-hmm. had been back to Missouri since I moved here. It is still beautiful and perfect, mm-hmm. so, you know, shout out to that.
0: Shout out to Missouri. Excellent. Excellent. And... uh and well, what's I've been doing a little bit of a segment, apologies also to the listeners for no episode last week, I had some um, difficulties rustling up a guest and uh, decided to just sit, let the week play out and, um, and lead into the election mm. and go, go big with this one. But before we jump into the news, I've what, what have, have been doing a little bit of a segment around just what we've been consuming, what we've we been doing, what's, what's been happening in our lives recently. Lots of video games, that's for sure. Well, that's always... Finished, a,
2: that's a constant yeah, with you. Finished either. Days Gone, finished Rage 2, uh, Jeez, been watching... I, I watched all of Love, Death and Robots in one day. That was, How that good experience. is that? Yeah, really enjoyed it. Good reflecting on each of those episodes and kind of just marveling at the diversity of, of that style and content matter. Like, it's so I many may, different animation styles. What is...
1: What is Love, death, and robots.
2: It's an anthology of very short, almost like short films, all anime, all okay. animated, um, and it's basically the the theme is love, death, or robots. Like they all have something to do mm. with most. Yeah. There's robots in
0: almost every episode, but mm. it's all kind of sci-fi, it's like sci-fi, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so cool. Okay. Yeah, and each each episode is animated really differently, yeah. and the stories are all completely different. Some of them, are, there was only a couple which were like, "eh, yeah, that was fine," but most of them were just like awesome like i loved i watched it a couple of months back and i absolutely yeah. loved it so and it's like it's a- all different
2: studios involved on each episode and really feels like they've been given the freedom to come up with any story that fits that title and what that mm-hmm. f- it's just so cool to see what people like it's it's almost like Ooh. one of those game jams where people get like a theme or something and they have to come up with a video game based around that and they would all come up with something different and it's an example of just how creative people can go in different directions off the same topic or whatever it is. It's really cool, I think. Mm, mm,
0: mm, mm. It's on I Netflix. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll check that Recommend it. Recommend it. What about you, Logan? What's been happening with you?
1: <sighs> yeah, uh, I've been playing a little bit of days gone, not as much as I should. Um, mm. Yeah, same. Playing <laughs> that, um did that, and then mostly it's weirdly, it's been a lot of playing Bioshock 2. <laughs> uh, oh, because that is the that was my nominee for video game book club for IP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I we did the we've two we're, I guess, halfway through the book club thing of it, two thirds of the way through the original game, and then we're gonna do an episode for the DLC too. Um, and so it's been a lot of playing that, and then I fell very far behind, mm-hmm. and we're recording on friday so i have to beat the game by then so i'm like kind of playing catch up with that Mm. Uh, whenever we get done recording this i will probably make breakfast and then just play bioshock 2 for like hours today um it's a weird video game it remains very weird Mm. i really like bioshock 2 i never played it i never played it i'm one of the people who like yeah so i think it's really great i like it a lot um i think that it's really weird and different and cool and like the fact that it does like kind of the other end of the political Mm. spectrum Mm. um and like collectivism and socialism is really neat um kind of more like religious fervor of it um is neat than original bioshock Mm -hmm. um and then i always said that it like starts bad because it does but it builds really great and like by the end of the game like it's just as good as bioshock Mm one Um, that's proven to be both true and less true than I remember <laughs> being, playing through it again. Mm. Um, I think the beginning of the game is not as bad as I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then I think that it builds scattershot, let's say. Mm. Um, it's, it's not as like consistently like better and better and better each chapter, but it's new. Yeah. It's rad. I like that a lot. Uh, and then not games. I watched the new Netflix documentary, uh, Knock Down the House. Okay. Um which is all about kind of the 2018 midterm elections. and mm. focus on like four like kind of insurgent candidacies. I have to um, watch with that. With like the main one being Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's run. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen that pop up on episode. I do have to watch it's that. Yeah. Fantastic. It it's fantastic. It's good, is it? It's incredible. It's great. Yeah. And
1: like, it's, it's so cool because like, especially for like AOC's story, like spoiler alert, she wins. You know that she wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like the fact that like you just totally forget and just like seeing how like, grueling and difficult and inspired and like hopeless and like all of the emotions conveyed in that story. Hmm. Um, It's incredible. Like the whole documentary is only like an hour and 20 minutes long, Hmm. Um, but it is very good. And the four different stories are all very good. And I think it conveys like kind of the broad spectrum of like everything in politics in terms of like why people get in Hmm. and like what they kind of contribute like themselves into it and pour themselves into it. And, It's much more reflective, like of the personal side of White people run. Yeah. And what are the reasons? And it's beautiful. It's, it's like cool.
0: beautiful. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I haven't been playing much. I mean, I did. I again, like, I started Days Gone, but only got a few hours in. And I kind of wasn't compelled to go back. Had a bit of a break from that. Uh, Rage Two jumped into that. Loved it. Love it. Still loving it. Um, probably like I feel like I'm like two thirds of the way through it, or maybe just like just over halfway, um, but really liking it. But I haven't played at all this week um was just kind of have been enthralled sort of with all the the political stuff going on in the last week here and um watching the debates and sort of just watching the news and sort of in in uh, divulging divul- no not divulging um diverging indulging oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> indulging in that um it's been it's been quite good um devouring it maybe is, an, <laughs> is the adjective i could use uh but um, you know, we had the Game of Thrones final, which we'll, we'll talk about. I'm very interested to talk about this with you two because I believe you are two people who never watched the show. Is that correct? That's correct. I watched the first yeah. season.
2: I'm the rare yeah. person that tried it and didn't like
0: it. <laughs> Too much incest for yeah. Jono. <laughs> it's like
2: it's usually like people how like I've never watched an episode, or they're like, it's the most amazing show ever. But I'm, yeah, mm. right in the middle of... Yeah, I watched the yeah. season and wasn't doing it for me, so I gave up. Mm,
0: mm, mm, mm. Anyway. I, um... Uh, I'm one of the one Like, I'm... It's not Last Jedi level <laughs> for me, but it's... it's Nothing is... I was is definitely not... <laughs> no, um, I was definitely not... I didn't love the last season. I liked it fine enough, but it did feel like because of what we had in the, I guess, the six seasons leading up to the last two and then what we got with the last two seasons um, was kind of sort of disappointing. Um, but it was fine enough. Like, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it was it was definitely not as epic as the show has been in, in previous years gone by. Um, so that was sort of something to to, to go through and, and, you know, experience that sort of the zeitgeist of, Game of Thrones ending and, and the reactions to that, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Um, but I've started, I was, I, so I was going to do either one, like I was, I had planned on going back and like rewatching all of Game of Thrones after it to just appreciate the, like the really good of it and not have a sour taste left in my mouth. Um, but then I decided to watch Breaking Bad instead, just restart rewatching Breaking Bad and, by jingo by crikey is that not a fantastic television series what a Mm. what an awesome show uh i'm 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 jono for breaking bad uh, oh really Really? Uh, i do not
1: like breaking bad oh Um, wow uh yeah i've watched kind of not enough incest (laughs) (laughs) Watched chunks of the first season and it is just very much not it's just not a show did do it for you i do not yeah i think i've watched
2: it three times wow i love yeah, it people love, the love show, it but yeah definitely, definitely picks up show. more after the first season but if, mm. it's, if it, i'm nearly
0: yeah i started it last night i'm nearly finished the first season so i think i'm like just to jump off and record tonight i think I was halfway through episode six i think there's eight in the first mm. season um crancet so so good what a great show so I'm, I'm excited to be to binge that a bit more um Watch better but Salt, just fin- yeah. when you finish please yeah, yeah, I need to do I haven't watched an episode of that, so I need oh, to jump so into good, that. So good. Um, right. But now I've just been, just been working and driving around and, and doing all that stuff. Like, you know, we, we mentioned off the top, been doing a lot of driving mm-hmm. um, just for work and stuff. I bought a vape, <laughs> that is a thing also that I did. Explain Um, this to me because my impression was that you
2: smoke when you drink and you don't want to do that anymore. So you buy a vape and then you just
0: vape all the time now. (laughs) That's (laughs) kind of how it's gone, yeah. It's this sweet thing. So so background, I'm a reformed smoker is what I call myself. Um, As in like I started smoking when I was like 17 all the way up until I was like 21, 22. And then I stopped, like I quit. And probably didn't, uh, and I would have the odd cigarette, like, here and there, but never, like, bought a packet for maybe, like, five, six years, I don't know. Um, And in the last 12 months, I've started, I'd started, like, smoking a lot more, like, not full-time, and not, like, all day, but, like, I would go out and drink and buy a packet, and then have it left over, and then would, like, you know, well, I might just have a cheeky one in the morning, might just have one in the afternoon. It was getting a bit too frequent, and um, I was like, fuck, I need to... I had some... Like, a couple of weeks ago, I had, like, a packet left over from the weekend. And I finished the last one. I was like... It's like, cool, done. I'm done. I'm not going to buy any more. And then I was like, oh, God, I could go a cigarette, though. Like, (laughs) not long after that. And I was like, fuck, I need to do something. And I nearly, like, a couple of months earlier, I nearly went and bought, like, a vape e-cig thing because I was... I was was like, I need to do something. I don't want to buy cigarettes anymore. Um, Because, one, obviously, they kill you, which is bad. But Mm -hmm. they also taste terrible. And... Uh, I like, I, 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 would love if like cigarettes, obviously if they didn't kill you and they tasted good, would just be magnificent. Um, I nearly went and bought one, but I'd sort of stopped myself. I was like, no, no, no. Cause then it's just another thing to have or whatever. And so I went and bought this thing and, and yeah, I'm like, this is great. Like, it's not bad as far as like what the, the things say and, and it tastes good and it's replaced. Um, like I went out on the weekend and, um, went to have a cigarette i was with like friends or whatever and um i sat down and I, was, I was like oh yeah fuck it i'll just have one and i had a couple of drinks and i had like two puffs of a smoke i was like now nah, fuck that just suck a mile vape here mm. um which which i'm enjoying but it's an interesting thing i'm kind of also like with it i'm like kind of still feel like i shouldn't be doing it It it's still it kind still of has that, nicotine, like
2: nicotine doesn't it
0: yeah, yeah yeah it still has nicotine yeah so there's that, oh, well. that part of it you're not pregnant but it tastes, so. it tastes <laughs> that's it it tastes good though so that's that's something um <laughs> How do you feel about it how it
2: looks? Because
0: <laughs> obviously the only appeal
2: of smoking is that you look cool doing it.
0: No, I do. I, I smoked because I liked the f- how it felt, not because I think it looks cool. Um, sure. I like the no, feeling. It right, me. it's just because it, you yeah. look cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like I haven't really done it in public, so it's kind of hard to say, but um, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's scratching an itch at the moment, yeah. but I'll probably get rid of it at some point, um, or lose it or drop it or break it or something. Um, I had a funny experience today, though. Um, no, actually, you know, I won't go into that. That that could be a long <laughs> tangent. Uh, <laughs> let's um, let's get in. News? Let's let's get into the news. Yeah. It has been a massive week in news here in Australia. Um, and uh, I'm very happy to have you here, Logan, because it's always good to mm-hmm. get a uh, a foreigner's perspective. Yeah. Um. Of the, of, of, the <laughs> of the of the political spectrum here. Yes. it's funny. i was just I'm just looking at my script. I was just about to start writing uh, reading it, and um, the first word I wrote was all right, but I'd actually um, written alt right. Which maybe uh, is very different, <laughs> very different. Uh, but Such anyway, uh, There is yes, Pauline Hanson. There anyway, guys. There's only one topic tonight, uh, and that is the 2019 Australian federal election, uh, sensationally won by the Liberal Party. It's been dubbed Morrison's miracle from mm-hmm. nowhere. He's basically come from the clouds to win this. Uh, no one predicted it. The four biggest polling organizations in Australia. Um, unanimously gave the win to labor uh, even the bookies paid out all bets to yeah I saw him, that one yeah <laughs> to labor winning which um is was quite hilarious because i'm not a big fan of gambling and that that's quite funny to me that they all that mm. they paid i think one guy put a million dollars on labor to win and he got paid <laughs> yep. out for that so um good for him it was probably um it's probably clive palmer but um <laughs> so i guess just 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 unpack this how did it happen how did we get to this point if you know four more, we've got four more years of the liberal government. Scott Morrison will continue to be our leader. Uh, where did it go wrong for Labor? What, what? First of all, Jono, mm. you, um, what did you make of the? Were you surprised? Uh, you, I, you voted liberal. Obviously, well, you've I exposed you, me now. Um, <laughs> but that's I'm so, a swinging voter. Open-minded, and podcast. voted for yep. Dan
2: Andrews, even though I'm mm-hmm. not a huge fan, and I voted yep. for the. Uh, the previously incumbent Sarah Henderson, who was the local member here and has been ousted in a very mm-hmm. marginal seat here, um, mm-hmm. based upon some of the promises that were made locally, I kind of didn't cast my eye too closely on the federal, like the, I guess the national, the national, yep, you know, policies. policies. <laughs> that, that was mm-hmm. partly in because of the chaos that we've had in recent years uh, at that level and the. Lack sure. of leadership we've seen, the changes that there's been on um, both sides of government and, and just kind of, I, I guess it was really, to be honest, kind of an apathy over trying to wrap your head around the futility of of it all and, and just feeling disengaged. And that's a lot on me for not kind of digging into the election and really, I guess, um, deciding op- upon like what the the national policies should be that i'm in favor of i just kind of put my head in the sand to be honest and mm. i think a lot of australians probably have been that way in recent years and probably i like that yeah. in general mm. i also worked in politics for a few years and that kind of turned me off ag- again so this is mm. this is a bit of a confession here i guess but i'm, I'm gonna go from there to say that yes i, I didn't think too hardly of Uh, too hard about who would actually win and unlike you i haven't really been following it super closely i'm just like "Hmm, whoever wins is gonna win and then we're gonna you know we'll we'll take it from there and then we'll kind of unpack it as it goes so it's clear now that we have a very uh convincing win yeah for the for the coalition and if you look if you look at the map it's like amazing I guess because the, the seats that the Labor Party won were metropolitan mostly, so it's a very small geographic area, but it's just like blue yep. everywhere, you know, with with yep. some large areas of nationals. But um, yeah, I, I guess the instability of the, the leadership kind of touted them as the losers well in advance. And we talked about it on this podcast about how hard it would be for them to go ahead and uh, win this election after so many oustings and backstabbings, but here they've mm. done it. And I mean, we're, if we're talking about the reasons why, there was an article that I shared with you today talking mm. about kind of the underestimating that went on from the Labour government about. Bit of arrogance. Yeah, about what people want and the type of people that they need to vote for them and their. Assumptions about the reasons that people vote for Liberal Party, and it really just upon reading that reminded me of a lot of the uh, rhetoric that we heard when Trump and Hillary were going head to head, and people re- wrote off the Republican Party as, you know, how could anyone vote for this guy? And it's it's Ooh. nowhere near the drama and the theatrical, um, almost lampooning nature of of what Trump was presenting as the leader of, um, of the Republicans at that time. But yeah, it, it, in the, the principle and the way that they, I guess, viewed their, um, constituents, there's a lot of similarities for me in that that's how mm-hmm. I think it's happened. And even just seeing the response of like La- labor voters, I don't, I don't, I didn't celebrate this election. I don't view it as a sport. Like I guess some people seem to, but there was so much kind of uh, complaining and how did we screw this up? And, you know, I've s- I saw someone, one of my friends on Facebook was like, if you voted for the Liberal Party, you're a bigot, unfriend me. And I was like, Well, that's like... Mm. i don't feel like i'm a big extreme. you know it's, it's such an extreme yeah. and i feel like it's those types of attitudes that are the reason that they lulled themselves into this sense that everybody thinks the same way as me everyone's going to vote for climate or whatever yeah. it might be but no it's not a one uh issue election it never is and mm. it, i think it's easy for people to create a bubble around themselves where they think that uh everyone's gonna see things the way they do and if they don't then They must be coming at it from a place of hate or something, but that's really not the Mm. case. It's just people Mm. having different priorities or not opening their eyes to maybe the issues that you see as the most important or whatever. So that's how Mm. I've been kind of feeling about it in in the past few
0: days. What about you? So I um I've I've been very vocal on this show about not aligning myself to either party and sort of and I said the previous episode that if it was like if I if I could I would abstain yeah. and and not and choose not to vote but unfortunately not unfortunately but we you know we live in a in a um in a uh democratic dem- democratic society and we we have um compulsory voting so I have to vote and I don't believe it. I really dislike the whole donkey vote thing that people mm-hmm. do it pisses me off when I say that um so I I didn't I didn't really yeah I, I was very I was swinging definitely um I didn't you know I liked a lot about what Labour was saying I liked some of what Liberal was saying um I didn't really like Bill Shorten but I did kind of like Scott Morrison and then I really I really dialed in I started watching the debates I paid a little bit more yeah. attention and 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 I really just found myself just I couldn't in good conscience vote for Liberal mm. um. And, 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 I, and, th- and I took all, and this is not, I took all of the, like the rhetoric out of it. And I just looked at pure policy and what they were standing for. And for me, the things that Labor were standing for meant more to me than what the things that Liberal were. Yep. Where, you know, Liberal was very financially focused. They're looking at, you know, um, keeping the surplus and, you know, keeping the jobs in the coal mines and all this stuff. And Labor was really big about like people and, and helping the people and looking after our country, reducing emissions, um, you know, really aggressively as well. And, um, you know, things like, and there were things that Labor Party were going to do, which would impact me negatively in, from a financial point of view, but there was just, you know, their investments in schools and hospitals and these types of things. And I took it away from like a, what's going to benefit me, and I looked at it, I tried to look at it from a point of view was what is the world that my son is going to grow up in going to look like. And I couldn't in all conscience vote for the Liberal Party. Um, and I would say the, the biggest thing for me was the climate change thing. That was probably the thing that, that swung yeah. me the most. And just the way that they were just some of the things they were removing, like the, you know, taxes, like tax um, breaks and and refunds and um credits and things that people would like the the top end of town get none of the things that liberal party were really boasting that they were going to hang on to and that labor were going to get rid of would have affected me really like something like the franking credits and this kind of stuff like it just didn't like i i'm not at that financial level where that would affect me um but so i i really aligned myself so I guess what Labour was putting out there, and I really, I was really endeared by Bill Shorten in the lead up as well. There was the whole um, thing. The um, the Daily Telegraph wrote this horrible about mom, article yeah. about his mother, um, and he had a really heartfelt response to that, and and really spoke really well, and um, was raw. And then that final debate, I I thought he absolutely destroyed Scott Morrison. I really did. Like he he carried himself so well. It was no bullshit. It was this is you know, like this guy is not here for you. He's here for himself and his mates. And I really felt like Labor was like Bill Shorten was that, and that's the vibe that I got. I felt like they were they were in it for the people. Um, But like you said, it's it's a multi. It's always a multi issue thing. And and I feel like what lost it for Labor was that. You know, I mean, Queensland is where really the election was lost for Labor, and a big part of that is the coal mining industry in Queensland, like the, all this stuff about Adani and um, you know all these things. And I think the changes, and this is why I'm so disappointed, and I'm really, I really am like deeply disappointed that Labor lost, and because I really felt like we were going to get a government, a really progressive forward-thinking government who cares about our country cares about our planet our environment our people who are going to make the right decisions for our people they might have been hard decisions to make and they're not going to be um easy for a lot of people but i feel like they were the right decisions to make whereas what we've done is we've played it safe Hmm. i feel like a country has played it safe and instead of and i think the changes that labor wanted to introduce were probably too radical like some of them, especially around the coal industry, and in that they didn't really have, they're like, we're going to reduce emissions, we're going to, you know, da 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 da, and they probably, I don't. So here's the thing, I don't think, and I'll I'll get back to the coal mining thing, but I don't think that they really explain themselves well enough with that because they, um, that's where I feel like they shot themselves in the foot, that with the the impact that would have on you know thousands and thousands and thousands of Australians affected by. A, a you know a hit to the coal industry and also like you said the i guess that that arrogance and the talking down and that you know if you're if you're liberal you're a bigot and all that and people hmm. don't like to be it's exactly what happened yep. with Trump <laughs> people don't like to be insulted and people don't like to be called dumb and people don't like to be talked down to and a lot of the what i've heard on TalkBack and in the news and that, mm-hmm. is people saying, hey, I used to be a Greens voter. Hey, I used to be a Labor voter. But do you know what? I got sick and tired of people coming in and talking to me like I was an idiot because I was confused about something that they was that Labor was saying. Or, you know, Liberal came in and just talked to me like I was a person and the Labor Party was talking to me like I was an idiot hmm. or a bigot or stupid. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of
2: social issues as well uh, that yeah. I think a lot of people who, who don't like how strongly labor wants to 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 push kind of social agendas in school in schools and you know abortion and like all these things that they aren't black and white to a lot of people even though they might be like you like environmentally forward thinking or they might Mm. have certain views about whatever but they they still when 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 they're kind of in that gray area and then they get talked to as if like if you think like this then you're a bigot or you're on the wrong side of history or whatever it might be that's like oh hold on a second like we're on the same page with most stuff but then you're going to tr- treat me like that and that's going to turn a lot of people off too i think
0: oh 100 yeah 100 um logan yes y- i love that we've got from yeah, yeah. the outside looking in what did you make of it all yeah, so it's interesting. I am obviously not
1: Australian. you, um, But it's... it's what? A, yeah, plot twist. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because I feel like I'm... Weirdly enough, I feel like I'm the least, like, swingy of the two of you. <laughs> um, in the sense, of, like, if I, if I lived in Australia, I would be a labor voter. Um, mm. And so... It, but in that same vein, I don't know. Nobody likes Bill Shorten. Um, And I Hmm. think you can't underestimate the power of that, for starters. Hmm. Um, Just speaking in raw political terms, um, likability or just like being able to grab a beer with the person or just being able to think they're like a regular person who understands you goes so far, whether it is a local race, whether it's like a state race, whether it's a national race, like that means a lot, that carries a lot of weight. People can kind of understand that that person, I think, grasped and can kind of sense their own needs and sense what they think and what they want as well. Um, and I, I don't think Bill Shorten particularly talked down to people or was condescending to people, but I think that Bill Shorten could give the impression of being aloof um, of being kind of of just a different sect of the world than a lot of people right. Like mm. he was just kind of he was on other things. and Scott Morrison, followed of his many faults and follies, is just a regular bloke. He's just a regular dude. Um mm-hmm. and a bit dorky. I think that Yeah, yeah so, and, and I think in a similar vein of like George W. Bush and both of his races for president, right? Like he went against Al Gore and John Kerry. Mm-hmm. And in that race, George Bush is a regular guy. Against mm-hmm. like John Kerry and Al Gore, right? He didn't invent the internet like Al Gore. <laughs> and he's not a like world traveled, like leading foreign affairs policy guy who talks in a monotone robotic voice. I right? think he went against A, he went against two bad candidates, but B, like George Bush is a regular guy who could very easily see himself having a beer with and having a drink with and just kicking back and like having mm-hmm. a barbecue with everything. And like he's a regular dude and like especially in close races, which those were and this was to a degree, like, that matters. That carries weight, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I think Australia's interesting because I think out of kind of the the four kind of big Western, like English-speaking countries of like America, Australia, Canada, and Britain. In a lot of ways, Australia is the closest like America, and mm-hmm. I think that also carries over in terms of kind of the natural political leaning of the country, right? Like, I think Australia is a naturally kind of conservative-leaning country in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Um. And so I think that, when presented with a giant kind of progressive forward-thinking agenda with a lot that is going to change the country in fundamental ways in a lot of aspects or keeping with the status quo that has kept the country without a recession in nearly three decades that has kept their country chugging along very nicely right now right like mm. people in basically outside of kind of like people outside of the capital don't care necessarily that like there've been 75 prime ministers in the last like four weeks. They don't care that (laughs) they don't care that the capital is in upheaval if they're doing fine. If like, if financially things are going well, if like the country appears to be doing good enough. Right. And Mm. so it's like, well, this is fine. And I think the mixture of the kind of the conservative nature of it, the kind of the fear to a degree of like going too far too quickly, Mm. Um, plays a hand, right? Like, I think in terms of this, I think 2016 is an easy comparison. Mm. Um, but I think 2015, right, in the UK with David Cameron, yeah, um, surprised winning a majority. I think 2016 and Brexit is another one that is very much like a very apt easy comparison. Mm. Um, where again, kind of the more conservative center right force won. And it wasn't expected in any of these elections, right? And the kind of global community as a whole is kind of swept up in a kind of center of right surge at the moment where they kind of win a lot of elections. And I think that Australia very much followed that pattern. Um, And it's interesting too because Australia is unique because I wrote it down because I was thinking about this where it's like since 2007, Australia, if you count rudd being prime minister twice which i'm gonna do for my <laughs> make a point yeah um they've had six prime ministers whereas america has had three presidents um mm. the uk's had three prime ministers and canada has only had two prime ministers there's a lot mm. of shit going down in australia yeah and i don't know if scott morrison is going to be the bastion of stability or not but i think that it i think that the liberal party is just kind of a mess and i think that during the campaign it was like yeah we're kind of a mess but we're like we're just gonna kind of like we not talk it about out. it yeah <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna not talk about it and then just like when scott morrison loses we'll figure it out and then it's like he won it's like well shit that didn't go to plan yeah um and so like i don't really know what that looks like i don't know if they're gonna survive the full three years or not um yeah well yeah it'll be interesting yeah we'll
0: see i mean tony abbott so, lost his seat so yeah that, i was that definitely plays a big part of it. I'm happy i'm happy yeah, yeah, about was, that <laughs> I think yeah, everyone's Tony happy about it. that. Everyone's happy about that,
1: yeah. But like, because it was pull great, one out for I, fucking yeah, Tony Abbott. Yeah, I watched the like the Four Corners episode this week about Tony Abbott losing that seat, and in it they talk about like this is a change of an era where it's like Tony Abbott is gone, Malcolm Turnbull's gone. It's like it marks kind of a new phase in Australian politics potentially. And I was like, or not though, right? Because like Scott Morrison, and the Liberals like are still in government, right? Like it's like it's a change of an era in one aspect, but also, I think kind of far right elements are still sprouting up in the liberal party and the national party and just Australian politics in general. Right. In the same vein that they are in the U S and the UK and even Canada, right. Even Canada's got far right people out there now, like nobody's safe. And so I, I don't know if it is a change of an era or not. Um, I think to a lot of degrees, like 2016, it's kind of a pushing off of solving a lot of the issues. Yeah. Um, which is disappointing, especially because, like, on a similar vein to you, Jack, like, climate change matters to me. And it's, like... Yeah. I lived in Florida. The highest point in the entire state is, like, 100 feet, guys. It won't be there <laughs> if we don't kind of start doing some things here quickly. <coughs> yeah, like, exactly. it. Um And so it's, like, I don't know. And, like, Australia and America obviously each have huge, like, beach and, like, tourist communities that Ooh. will be very much affected. Um, and, like, I think... It's it's interesting because like I think people d- definitely absolutely unquestionably talk down to other people, mm-hmm. um, and I think it is a habit prone, not exclusive at all, but kind of center left parties definitely have a habit of doing this at times. Um, center right parties do it all the time. They mm. just do it in a different manner that masks it. Um, but center left parties do it, and center left <laughs> parties are are bad at it. Um, <coughs> yeah. There's a great like newsroom point where. Like, well, McAvoy, like the man character, talked Mm. about how, like, if liberals and democrats were, like, so good at, like, so good at everything, like, always right, how can we lose so many fucking elections, right? And it's just like, yeah, like, we just lose. You just lose all the time. You never win. Mm. So it doesn't matter if you're right or not, you don't win. You don't convey your points in an effective manner, right? And Mm. it's like, that's kind of the case, I think, for labor for the last few years, um, and the Democratic Party as well. And God and God knows the labor party in the UK. Um, and Mm. it's, I don't know, like, I think when explaining something like climate change, it's easy because it's important and we're running out of time to be like, you just don't get it. You're being a bit dumb. You're being a bit daft. You're being a bit just like, you need to get your shit going and be like, the world's going to end if you don't do something. Yeah. If people hear that and say like, hey, it's not my, I'm just some dude out in the outback just doing my own business here. I'm not causing any trouble here. I'm not, it's not my fault that this is happening. Yeah. And they kind of get some pushback and be like, well, like I'm not doing anything wrong here necessarily. Mm. And then to your point you made earlier, Jack, it's like, all right, well now I'm just going to vote for them. I'm not gonna vote for Labor I mean liberal mm. because you you're acting like it's my fault you're talking at me, you're like condescending to me mm. and they don't like it. I think if you call a political party a basket of deplorables, like Hillary Clinton did for Donald Trump, it's like, mm. all right, they're definitely deplorable people in the Republican Party. Yeah. It's not hard to find them at all. Yeah. Um but it's also seventy million people who are much more complicated and nuanced than everything else. And I always try to say for the 2016 election that a there were warning signs there were so many red lights and flashing warning signs and i think the same is true in this election like there were so many signs Mm. that what you thought was going to happen maybe wasn't as confident um and maybe wasn't as locked in and i think in the 2016 race it was kind of these industrial rust belt areas and parts of the midwest that just were like they'd been passed over They feel like they hadn't been heard for a generation and they were furious at everything and they wanted to burn the whole system down. And so they voted for Donald Trump because it was the only thing they could do to have their voice be heard. Mm. And then people came back and said, how dare you? You're all terrible with people. You all this and everything else. And like, you just proved why I voted for him. You're not listening to what we're saying. And I think in a similar vein, I'll be very curious to see kind of... In a few weeks, how people react to people in these communities who vote did vote for labor. I mean, did vote for liberal and the Nationals, and see how they treat them, and see how kind of they respond to them, right? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, you you can't be you can't lead on something if you don't have any followers. Then you're yeah. just a guy going for a walk. Then you're just a guy by yourself, ranting or raving about what needs to be done. And like yeah. you have to bring the people along with you and. Bill Shorten wasn't that guy, for mm. better or worse. Um, and I think a lot of that goes back to that very first point I made of just people didn't like him. Or yeah. they, it took a long time for them to like him. It took a long time for them to kind of come around to that. Yeah. And I don't know. like I, I don't think Scott Morrison is the answer for a lot of Australia's problems in the same vein that God only knows Donald Trump's not the answer to my country's <laughs> problems. Yeah. Um, but I do think people voted for these individuals and for their parties because the other one... Wasn't listening, yeah. and to be fair, I don't think the liberals are going to listen either. I don't think yeah. the Republican Party is listening, yeah. but the other party they felt absolutely wasn't listening to their thing, yeah. so they just kind of lashed out.
0: And, and that's that's what. They, and that's a really good point. And that's something that I've really gathered is that a lot of the the rhetoric I've heard isn't that oh, I voted for liberal because of the Liberal Party because I like what they were doing. It's I voted for the Liberal Party because I didn't like what Labor were doing. Yeah. It wasn't about. <clears throat> hey, I really like the Liberal agenda and their policies, and that really speaks to me. It was, no, I'm not a fan of Bill Shorten. I, I don't like what Labor's doing with this, and I'm not a fan of that. Um, so it was voting for what they didn't like rather than what they mm-hmm. did, um, which is a shame. There's, yeah, there's a great
1: Trevor Noah segment um, from this week about the uh, Democrats deciding to like do town halls on Fox News or not, <laughs> um, and how like some of them are doing it, like Pete Buttigieg is doing it, Bernie Sanders did one, and some of them aren't, right? Like Elizabeth Warren is like very adamantly and like vehemently saying like she'd never be on Fox News, she'd never like legitimize a network like that. Hmm. And Trevor Noah on his show kind of talk about like the pros and cons of each side and like what they kind of the benefits they carry. And he was ultimately like, look, ultimately you can do whatever you want, like it's up to you, like it's a personal thing. But he leaned, I think, in the direction that I lean in, which is that if you don't even reach out to him, if you don't even like kind of try to convince people that watch this network they're never going to hear your view point. They're never going to hear your views, right? Because Fox News are just never going to hear, right? And, like, the point he made was that, like, both Bernie and Poot Bidicheg got, like, standard ovations and, like, by the end of the night had, like, turned to the crowd completely in their favor mm. because they were probably saying these things for the first time that a lot of these people had heard. And certain people on, like, TV watching Fox News at, like, 9 o'clock at night had never heard a socialist on their network mm. talking about why, like, Medicare for All is a great idea, right? Or a small-town mayor who's openly gay talking about why, like... His lifestyle is important. Why, like people like him matter. Why, like these kind of things are important. And so, I think that if you reach out to those kind of communities or networks or people or appear on their channels, um, that that is a way to reach out to people too and show them that you're not an evil, scary boogeyman. Hmm. You're a real life, flesh and blood person. And I hmm. think that if you shut yourself off, from that if you kind of don't let yourself reach out to those groups of people on those avenues, again. I don't. I don't want to say Elizabeth Warren is doing it wrong, but she's definitely closing off potential people who could join her campaign in the future, right? Yeah, of course. Right. Like I think of like the great kind of people who kind of could reach across the aisle and kind of be like a unifying figure in my country, your country, any country. And it's like they. You don't. You don't have to agree with people that you talk to or that kind of listen to you or that you listen to. Mm. But I think the act of having that conversation of like having some sort of exchange is important. Bit of mutual respect. Yeah, it's mutual yeah. respect and also you each consider the other one isn't evil. That you you yeah. consider the other one isn't some, like, terrifying creature, right? And if you shut yourself off from that, or if they shut off from that, you're just kind of limiting your own ability to kind of grow and learn and, like, think of problems and solutions differently. And I think mm. that's an important thing, especially in an election. In an election, you should go everywhere you talk to everyone because every single vote can matter it's Mm. they're usually very close to run affairs and so like Mm. to show yourself off from the most watched network in the u.s for example seems a bit of a silly move even Mm. if you think the network is run by like evil space aliens who are out (laughs) to destroy the world it's like (laughs) they have a lot of people who watch it and i think in a similar vein like you can it's easy to think that you're right and so people will just see your rightness i think because um, who doesn't think that they're right all the time and thus everyone will also see that they're right and that it's Ooh. just easy it's so easy to see i am right how can you not see that everyone Ooh. um the problem being that a you maybe you're not right is just an argument but also b to your point you made earlier like people don't like being told what to do They don't like being told what to do. They don't like having a finger waving in their face and being told that they're wrong and that it's their fault or Mm. that if they don't do this thing, then it's going to get worse and all this stuff. It's like, that's not how people like to be talked to and communicated to. And maybe sometimes it's how they should be, Mm. but that doesn't matter. Um, Because in democracies, unfortunately, they're the ones with the car keys still ultimately. And so they have, you kind of have to figure it out. And so they, you can't talk to people like that. You can't communicate like that, right? And like, obviously like, I think that there are people in politics who are more effective at this than others. I think that, obviously, like, he, with his past, like, week ago, like, Bob Hawke had a way of doing this very effectively, and I think Barack Obama had a way of doing this very effectively, and, like, mm. Ronald Reagan had a way of doing it very effectively. Like, whatever you think, of, or, like, FDR, obviously, and, like, Lincoln, obviously, mm. who I could go do a whole thing on, but, like, they had a way to kind of pierce right through all of the like bullshit and everything else and just like get to the heart of the matter and just like talk to people like they were mm. people and they're human beings and like you don't have to like the person you're talking to but you could actually convey your own thoughts and beliefs and ideas and kind of a forward-looking future-oriented direction for the country and do it in a manner that they could everyone could understand and everyone could appreciate and everyone could respect and even if they don't agree with you by the end of it they still know that you're coming from a genuine place and I think that's been lost a lot at times on, to be fair on a lot of sides of the spectrum. Hmm. Um, but I think the center left parties in particular get kind of painted with that brush.
0: Yeah. And it's that old sort of chest. It's the, the, um, you know, the, the left is supposed to be the, the super tolerant and super progressive. And yet they're so intolerant of ideas that are different to their own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, yeah, which is, I think is as a, as like, as alienated so many people along the, the journey that people just, they don't want to be spoken to like that and they voted that's how they voted um and ultimately you know I've spoken about the mining thing I think it was those two factors which yep. which settled the election it was the mine it was the mixed messaging from labor or yep. the ineffective messaging I don't think they were really and and this is quite smart by the liberal parties they the way that they conveyed what what they said labor were going to do wasn't what labor said they were going to do labor weren't cutting shutting down the coal industry in australia they just wanted to reduce our um use of coal for our energy so as as far as it affecting the jobs of the mining wouldn't really at all in fact it'd probably help because we'd be able to export more coal to china because these you know china still need their coal you know these countries still need our resources and we can't afford as a nation to not have those there's nothing to replace that um we just wanted to stop using it here so we killing not stop killing our planet Uh, and that was really what labor was going for but they didn't really convey that well it was just we're shutting down the mines we're shutting down the mine and that freaked out so many people and that's what the Liberal Party harped on was that are they going to yeah. shut our, our coal industry down they're going to kill our economy and they've got no plan of what they're going to do you know other than that so um, i mean again it is i reference it again because i love that scene but like it is the newsroom scene again
1: where it's like the republicans might be always wrong but god if they don't know how to win an election right like they just know like they know how to but they know what to do right and they're also mainly because it's like they can be a bit sketchy at times but like if the democrats are so smart how can you never win an election right it's like just like yeah. right, I always go to and it's like I I say that as somebody who is obviously center-left and, like, obviously kind of leans, like, the Democratic vein, like, progressive vein very much so. But it's, like, man, you can't win an election, you guys. You just can't can't get your stuff together, right? Mm. And, like, it's the fact for me of, like, the Republican Party since, like, basically in my lifetime has won the popular vote, has won the popular vote in my lifetime one time. Hmm. But there have been more than one presidential election that they've won. They know how to win elections. And yeah. so it's like there's just something to it, right? And, like, you can say whatever you want about the Liberal Party, but also they're winning elections. Yeah. They've won a lot of elections. Again, in my lifetime, they've won a lot of times. Hmm. And so it's like Labor Party can be smart and can be right. And I think they're both of those things. But they're not winning elections, mm. so they're not no. smart enough. They got to yeah. figure out a different way to message this, a different way to kind of brand themselves, a different way to kind of do things. Yeah. And this is true of the Democratic Party as well, because there is actually a time crunch on all these issues. It isn't like a joke. Like, no, climate exactly change right. is a thing that's happening. Um, but also, more important issues like education and everything else, and housing crisis and all this stuff, and inequality and like economic disparity are these things that matter that like time is of the essence. But if you don't convey that properly, if you don't convey your thing. And like, this is a great election, I think, particularly shows, where the Liberal Party talked about like one thing the entire time. And it was the economy, and it's basically, the Labor, the Labor Party is going to ruin it. They're going to have yeah. a recession, they're going to make you have less money in your pocketbook than you did before. And mm. they just said that again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And the Labor Party, to the credit, because I loved it and I thought it was great, had big, giant, bold policy ideas. They were huge. This is what we're going to do on like this area and this, mm. area, and this area, and this area, and this it's area, and this area. And they did 20 different things, mm. and it was mm. lit, and they were great. But also, that is a message that is scattershot and broad. Yeah. Um, and it's harder to it's kind confusing. of find... It's confusing. It's hard to find what... Yeah, what yeah. is the Labor Party's message, right? Like, mm. it's hard to find that out where It's like, what is Liberals' message? Labour is going to cost you money. We won't. Mm. Look at the economy in the last six years... We've only made it better. Mm. Look at what happens when labor has government. It's going to make it worse. It's going to take money from you. They're going to do these things. They're going to hire taxes. They're going to shut down the coal mines. It's going to make your lives worse than it is now, right? Mm. It's like that kind of thing, and it doesn't matter if it's true or not. That's completely irrelevant. If you say the same thing fifteen times a day for a month, it becomes true enough. It becomes real enough, right? Like that's that kind of thing why like political strategists and campaign operatives say these kind of things like if you just say them enough times it seeps into this like consciousness and becomes like oh that's true yeah that's a big fact. like mm. democrats socialist that's not true but if you say it enough times for 60 years yeah. it's true enough it's yeah, real enough right it. kind of thing right yeah. and so it's like that's just the reality situation you're in and i think that i've seen some kind of debate um in the wake of the election of like whether or not Uh, like labor was wrong to kind of, to even have any kind of big policy ideas, like whether or not like electorates like that, whether or not it's like this kind of thing that people tune in for. And ultimately I'm always going to be somebody who says that no, like elections are an actual real kind of exchange of ideas and discourse. And it is a debate around like kind of the great issues of the time. Mm. Um, and so, like, I'm always going to say that we should have. La- liberals should have had big policy deals. They should have been punished. the like, fact, they didn't. Mm. That's not what happened, unfortunately. It's not what happened in 2016. It's not what happened in 2000 and 2004. It's not what happens a lot of times, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. But I think that the reason that the Labor Party lost wasn't necessarily because they had ideas. It's because they didn't communicate either the ideas correctly or just themselves correctly. And also, again, this could all be totally moot. And it could be as simple as the fact that, like, Scott Morrison is more of a dude that I can grab a beer with than Bill yep. Shorten. And it can yep. literally be that simple because yep. who's in charge matters. And if we don't like the person, we don't like the person. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So um, that's why I'm curious to see who Labor picks as the next leader. Yeah, well, I mean, and this is the other thing. This is the sort of like, yeah. I think about <clears throat> well, Chris Bowen's just pulled out, um, uh, I forget her name now. She's uh, Plibersek uh, isn't going to um, isn't going to challenge. um, It's Anthony Albanese is the Mm. likely replacement for Bill Shorten. But as obviously as Bill Shorten has has decided to step down, however, the issue that I see there is that Bill Shorten, um, sorry, Anthony Albanese is a lot further left than Bill Shorten. Hmm. And that presents an issue entirely, uh, uh, even more so, if you think about why Labor lost, that pushes it even further that way for the next time around. So I don't know that Anthony Albanese, as as popular as he is and as liked as he is, I don't see him as the guy who's going to be able to wrench it away from Scott Morrison, if it's Scott Morrison, if it is even Scott Morrison. It's interesting
1: though, because sometimes it is, it is just, a new person, it is just like the man itself, right? And like it is that thing of like it. Bill Shorten can be closer to kind of to the center and also stuff. But what that also does is that like it can kind of diminish some of the kind of the excitement among younger voters who mm. obviously traditionally are progressive, and also among kind of the more like activist base. And so mm. if you have somebody who is a bit further left, it can kind of excite those. Again, Bernie Sanders in twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. um, or even Barack Obama in like two thousand eight, and then also just somebody different can make so much of an impact right? like you can be saying the exact same policy but if you're just a different person who is maybe more likable who is the kind of who can kind of convey them in like a different manner use different words kind of carry stuff differently that can make an impact too right like it's just also the person in the seat itself right um, mm. so
0: it'll be very interesting to see yeah yeah so yeah three years i guess that's what we've got as of now the, the liberal party and Guess we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah. I mean, I'm bummed out. Like I said, but um, yeah. Uh, mainly because of the whole climate change thing. That's that's a massive one for me. And and yeah. to think that we, that nothing's really going to be done. And that's the, that another thing that really annoyed me about Scott Mor- about the Liberal Party and Scott Morrison is that like oh we hit we, we we are achieving all of our our, our you know um, economic, uh, economic emissions uh, yeah emissions goals where we're, you know we're achieving all of our emissions goals the emission goals are garbage they're not making any kind of impact um, to bettering our environment so um, that, that was really frustrating for me oh well anyway that's, that's that is the 2019 Australian federal election in a nutshell you should write to your um, local
2: member Jack and stress how important
0: the environment is I did say I was going to do that at some point was contact my local member do you, you um, do, this do you know yeah. like who, which party won your electorate? Um, that's a good question. I did have it up here before. You don't um, know. I think Labor. I think Labor retained. Right. Um, he's been in the seat for okay. quite a while. So, um, I mean, that's
2: the the thing. Like, we've got this government now, and if you want them mm. to focus more on climate change and environmental policies, it's within our responsibility to tell them. Great, you're there now, but this is what we want you to do. And I guess they, it might be naive to think that they would (laughs) listen to what we're saying, but there's like, it's not like just because they made these election promises that they're fixed to each of these things and nothing else over the next four years. Like, yeah, they can still sign agreements, they can still, you know, reassess the budget and look at where money's allocated. So, yeah, Yeah. it's not all doom and gloom. And I think that kind of contrary to, what Logan said about Scott Morrison being someone you can grab a beer with. I kind of see him more as kind of a, a bit of a dork and someone that's a bit closer to kind of John Howard and that kind of stable presence. And I think that what he's been mm. preaching is that the liberal party's united and we're not going to be stabbing each other in the back anymore. And I think people are kind of hoping that they can see what he can do with a whole term, not just kind of coming into the, the ruins of a party. Um, like, he did and i think that that's really what people are hoping from someone like him that's my Mm. take anyway
1: yeah yeah it's interesting and like obviously i love what jonah said because yeah like ultimately this is your government right like ultimately this is these people listen to you right and like it is both literally during like elections and campaigns but also like every day you have the ability to yeah write your local member and you have the ability to kind of canvas and do these things to kind of get your voice heard and volunteer places and organizations and like if something matters to you like if you make it an issue that you cover that you want to kind of make like a difference in they will hear you eventually right like this is something where it's like i know it's easy especially in america where there's 310 million people that kind of think that you're like your voice doesn't matter and you what you do what you think what you say will make a difference but if you actually talk to like congressional staffs on Capitol Hill, for example, and you actually talk to, like, congressmen and women and senators, they will say that the number one thing that is most likely to change their vote on a subject is getting, like, constituent mail and constituent calls and constituent, like, letters and, like, face-to-face interactions. Like, if, if they hear from their, like, constituents and they say they want this thing or other, it's more likely to change their opinion than anything else it's much election's opinion than like whether or not their leader wants it then whether or not their party wants it it's that if their constituents actually want this thing they are more likely to go along with it than anything else and so it's mm. like i know it's easy to be cynical about politics at times and i know that also i'm the biggest champion of like optimism you're going to find but like <laughs> it is actually true that you like, are you can make a difference you if like they will listen if you actually like speak up and like say that climate change or inequality these things matter and like you might have a member that maybe won't listen to you, and that is of a different party, or just is of a different, or of your own party, but just doesn't care, whatever. But like, you can make a difference. Like, you will be heard, and like, if they ignore you and you be heard, there are ways to kind of make sure you're still heard anyway. You can kind of rally people around that idea, which is kind of what happened to Tony Abbott in a lot of ways because of his thing against climate change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He rallied an entire community against him, basically, right? And it's like, you can make sure that you aren't being ignored and that your voice does matter because it does in fact and like this ultimately is your government and they are responsive and attentive
0: to what you want Mm -hmm. so agreed agreed alright let's uh let's wrap the show up with some rapid fire rapid fire news are you bringing back my jingle you used it the other day yeah it's in there yeah yeah I thought you killed it I thought it was dead it went away for a while well, you know, this show changes often. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the fly, this show. We're, we're going by the same old pants. I was glad um, to hear it. I was glad to hear it. No, it's good. It's a good. It's a, it's a, I'd like to keep it every mm. now and then. Um, uh, first piece of rapid fire news, and uh, just there's not much, but I just want to touch on this one quickly, but uh, Bob Hawke, uh, the man dubbed Australia's mm. greatest Labor Prime Minister, and some regarded him as our, Australia's greatest Prime Minister, um, passed away last Thursday night. Uh, aged 89, so rest in peace, Bob Hawke. Um, Logan, you, you're a fan of Bob Hawke? You like the Bob Hawke? I love Bob Hawke,
1: yeah. Mm. Um, so Bob Hawke is my favorite Australian Prime Minister. Obviously, I wasn't around doing, I mean, any really good one before him. He was the mm. Prime Minister when I was born. But um, yeah, like, Bob Hawke, because I, I tweeted this out, and Jonah liked it, which I appreciated, Jono. Um, but like, Bob Hawke, to me, is like quintessential... Australian just mm. guy and I love it right like mm. especially and it's weird because like in the wake of him I have I feel like there have not been like a similar dude who just seems like of the people in the same way where it's like John yeah. Howard is like whatever fine and dandy but John Howard seems like he's like a professor who's yeah, like yeah. always <laughs> kind of upset with you and <clears> it's <throat> like all right um and like Kevin Rudd is just like all right you, all <laughs> the right, biggest milk about uh, <laughs> yeah and then like Tony Abbott is just like your crazy uncle who's just like kind of there you see it during <laughs> the, the holidays uncle. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um, and Scott Morrison he's whatever he's fine but like Bob Hawke is like he's just like a dude and like mm. he's he's just an ordinary individual who did like extraordinary things and kind of like who was flawed and mm. was human and made mistakes and kind of could lose control of himself and had these laps of judgment but still was able to do just absolutely incredible things. And more importantly to me, was able to kind of inspire the country to right? kind of rise mm. up collectively, right? Like there's a great line, I can't remember who said it, um, but it's like the, the greatest leaders kind of have this idealistic romantic vision of the people and then they inspire the people to achieve that vision like one step closer at a time, right? And like, I love that where it's like, whether it's Bob Hawk or whether it's like Churchill, whether it's Lincoln, kind of the greatest leaders kind of Mm. have this vision of the people that the people themselves don't even see, but because of their words and their actions and what they kind of believe, they inspire the people like one day at a time, one step at a time to kind of become a little bit better, to kind of become that more kind of idealistic version of themselves that the leaders have. And right. And like, if you talk to Bob Park, he would say the Australian people are the greatest people in the entire universe. They're just the Mm. best. They're just like these amazing wonderful people who just like, Wanna have a good time and want to see their family a bit better and want to have like a brighter future and are just out to have like a f- wild time every mm-hmm. night. And it's like, yeah, like it doesn't matter if that's even true or not. Bob Hawk thought it was true. And Bob Hawk believed it was true. And it kind of like made you, if you were an Aussie, kind of like feel a bit better. And like even if you weren't an Aussie, you're just like, yeah, like this is a great inspirational message. And like also in those eight years bob hawk did a shit ton like he oh, yeah. transformed Medicare, yeah he Fuck transformed God. the country in like huge ways like abc had like a great list of like bob hawk's like 11 biggest accomplishments in office, and they were like fundamentally altering like there were huge changes mm. in the country in those eight years and i feel like it's easy to forget that um but like he transformed that nation and he made the people just kind of i think be inspired right and like inspiration and like striving and like wanting to build a better place for th- those who come after us is always something that I'm gonna be a sucker for um and a mark for to quote George Cruz and so it's like <laughs> I'm I'm all over Bob Hawk right he's he's very much a leader in the vein of yeah like a Roosevelt um and or like a Kennedy even um or Churchill or Lincoln and I'm all over that and so I absolutely adore Bob Hawk he's like to me like he's like the spitting image I have of like an Australian bloke just, like, mm. having a drink and just, like, having a good time and always laughing and having a great story or two to tell, Um, who's just a regular guy who was, through his life, put in a series of, like, extraordinary positions and, far more often than not, rose to the occasion, mm. and that's absolutely beautiful to me, so... Man could scull a beer as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's a great picture of him like being like 85, just like down into
0: two at hold, a time at It's like He holds the world God record damn. for sculling a yard glass. He actually holds yeah. the, world, the Guinness World Record. Is that still standing? That's a leader we should yeah. all strive to be. I believe that still stands to this day. Um, rest in peace, Bob Hawke, a great Australian. Absolutely. Uh, next rapid fire story Logan, what the bloody hell is going on in your country? Abortion. Mm, ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It uh, started in alabama georgia yeah. mississippi now Lu- louisiana getting in on the the craziness what is what is what is what the fucking shit is going on yeah it's weird because gosh it's
1: it's weird it's missouri too just passed one as well that's just as strict as alabama's um it's i don't all I can really say in good conscience I I don't understand I have no I like, I like I don't get it um abortion in particular has always been like one of those like third rails in politics that I've never quite grasped entirely mm. I've never quite been able to wrap my head around that individual topic um people get so everything. Um, mm. about this topic in america and they have for really in the last like 45 years um since we've weighed a little bit beforehand um but certainly since like the 1980s um i don't get it um this is one of those things to me where it's like if you if you have a religious objection to abortion or whatever that is fine um in fact it's more than fine that's you're right but also, America is an inherently secular state. Um, it's a state that is not a. I mean, there's literally separation of church and state is kind of entwined into the the fabric of the DNA of the nation of the DNA of the nation from its founding. Mm. Um, and more importantly, I don't know. It's weird because the Republican Party are hypocrites for a lot of things. But it's always one of the things that we're like. They're just like they're they're pro people having choice. And people having like kind of agency over their own actions yeah, until, they anymore, yeah, yeah, exactly. until they aren't anymore. Yeah, until they aren't anymore. And abortion is a great example of where it's like and I mean so is to be fair, like LGBTQ issues where it's like, we're pro you being able to live the life you want to live unless you don't like that decision. Yeah. Um, exactly. And then we're not gonna be pro that anymore. And like yeah. abortion is one for me where it's like I like, I don't know, like I think I personally like I nobody's a, we should get rid of the notion that, like, anybody's pro-abortion. Nobody's out here advocating for abortions. Just like, everybody, everybody getting an abortion. It's like, yeah. that's what this is. And we all be about realistic the, about it's this It's about topic. the right
0: for a woman to choose what she does Yeah, with it's her about body. the right for the woman yeah. to
1: choose this. And more importantly, like, their pregnancies are inherently complicated, messy things. They're difficult. And especially if you live in a country like America, shout out to us, where we have really terrible, like, Pregnancy and like birth statistics. Um, mm. Like, our prenatal health care in America is an absolute joke. It's not good. Um, out of like the like industrialized Western nations of the world, we rank virtually last in every single category in terms of like pregnancy mm. and prenatal health and like post birth, like health stats for both like the mother and the child. We're terrible at it. Um, and so. I think that these are things that happen a lot in America. And so a woman having an ability to choose whether or not something that could very easily affect her life and the life of a child makes sense to me. Um, I obviously am like uncomfortable with the, like, the idea in theory of like, yeah, now it's dead. But also I'm much more comfortable with the idea of like, you know, who has a better idea about this than me? Somebody who's ever going to actually be pregnant. Cause yeah. I won't, yeah, I don't exactly. know. Like I can hear and I can listen, but I trust the mother far more than anybody else, and there's a yeah. great picture of like the Alabama Senate. Yeah, and it's, it's all, all just white like, dudes, it's all
0: white, middle aged or old dudes. That's all yeah. it is. And it's like, what? man, uh, these are the and these are guys are making this. There's a great, um, I guess you'd call it a meme going around, but it's like men shouldn't be making laws about women, what women can do with their bodies, and that kind of thing. It's just, I, I just, I, I find this just really disappointing, and and really, yeah. like, you know. Just it's just feels so backwards and it's medieval, like yeah, like it really does. Is.
1: And there's a great that's, political that's article terrifying. that mentioned that yes, that a lot of these laws aren't strict and awful and terrible and like inhumane just for the sake of them. They're actually worse than the laws that were in place before Roe v. Wade. So like mm. if a re raid were to fall, these laws are actually worse than what was in place beforehand, right? Like these laws mm. don't criminalize abortions, they criminalize, like, the women now who would get abortions, right? So, like, and there's yeah. one, I can't remember if it's Alabama's or not, that, like, if a doctor gives an abortion or whatever, whatever, like, illegally kind of thing, he can be sentenced up to, like, 99 years in prison kind of thing for giving Fucking an abortion, crazy, right? and it's, like, crazy. there's one where it's, like, I can't remember if it was Alabama or another one of the states, but it's, like, they, like, equated getting an abortion to, like, genocide, right, and, like, war crime kind of things, and, like, like compared it to, like, these, like, great atrocities throughout history, and it's, like, I don't know man like I think a I think it's an inherently personal private sad like nobody nobody's ever been overjoyed to have an abortion no of and I not. think to have to have one and then kind of have so much public attention and blowback on you and then on top of that to then potentially have to try to defend yourself not just in like a court of public opinion but in an actual legal course so you don't go to jail for doing something that you thought was the right decision for your own like body and self and life um, is just like inherently I there there are no words right strong mm-hmm. enough um, and I'm inherently against people belittling and condescending and demeaning and taking power away from somebody's decision to control their life and this is all of those things and then worse um and i think that if you are a man you should just stop and think hey do i know more about being pregnant and pregnancies and possibly getting pregnant and what that entails and giving birth than a woman Hmm. and if you think the answer is yes i want you to stop again and think no actually Hmm. i'm wrong i Hmm. don't maybe i should listen to other people and get their feedback um because you're incorrect women maybe know a little bit more about that than you absolutely and I just trust women more than men, Re- really in general, but certainly on this topic.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and, and even just from the state, like the, you know, like the. You, you, I mean, we could go on this forever, and but you know, we I mean, won't but the, even just from the point of like, of like the yeah. health risks and that, but yes. like if a woman is assaulted and raped and falls pregnant, yep. she has to have that baby. That is just, it's mm-hmm. just, I can't. Yeah, it's yeah, just this it's, is such just a, a shit thing that's going on right now with all it's, of this. And
1: what makes it worse is that realistically, none of these laws, they're only happening because they want to test Roe v. Wade. That's, like, the mm. truth about it. It's, like, Alabama and Missouri and Georgia and the United States and, and Texas is like, flooded around ones for a little bit here. But, like, they're doing it because they want them to go to the high court because they want the Supreme Court to determine it because, ultimately, with Trump's new justices, they think they might have a chance to do it. And mm. I think that they, they're crazy. I think that the Supreme Court's not going to return Roe v. Wade, which is one of the landmark cases of the past century really mm. um that is done so much and i also think it because it's one of those things that i talk about a lot for like a lot of different topics i've mentioned this before for like Obama and stuff like that where it's like once you give people something once you give people a right once you give people an ability to do something mm. you can't then you can't take, take it, away it away very easily yeah. right like it's a thing it's like un- where it's like once the constitutional like yeah like once you, you give somebody a right or an ability or just like a Anything, right? Would they give them health care, for example, for Obamacare, it becomes way more complicated to then take that away because it turns out people like these things. Mm. And so if you try to take something away that's been ingrained for 50 years in the life mm. of American women and say, actually, you can't do that anymore, it's not going to work. It's going to be some blowback. To say nothing of the fact that you will never make abortions just non-existent. All you would do if you make abortion illegal is you're going to push it under the table, you're going to make it black market, and you're going to make it way more dangerous for women and for children. And so you're just going to exacerbate the problem and actually solve anything if you do these things and if we were to hypothetically get overturned. You're just making it more dangerous. You're going to cause more people to lose their lives. You're going to cause more harm and more long-term psychological damage to these people and more trauma to these people who are already undergoing a great deal. And I think everything about that is morally and ethically wrong and even more so coming from the side the Republican Party that acts like they're more or less superior, this is a case where you've gone badly astray. You mm. need to really think your priorities here and think what actually is the best thing for the mothers and the children involved. That's mm. all I would say.
0: Agree. Agree. Um, Jono, do you have anything to add on the...
2: Uh, I mean, we've talked about it for a while, and I'm staunch, I guess staunchly, I would say, pro-life, But I- I, and I know dozens and dozens of women who would be as well so i think we need to remember it's not just obviously like in political circles when you're talking about the, the government they are mostly white men so in that sense yes maybe they should be deferring to to women somehow but to, to just say that women have a different opinion to men in and of itself i think is not as simple as that uh but also I feel like I can't even really talk about it because I'm a man and therefore people <laughs> will just say, they'll just dismiss anything I have to say. So, mm.
0: but, I th- but I think like Logan sort of said off the top is that you're allowed to be opposed mm. to abortion yeah. uh, from a, like a moral religious standpoint. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is your right. But to restrict people who aren't religiously opposed or you know, yeah, spiritually opposed yeah. or whatever it is to that, in my opinion, is wrong. Um, and there and there's obviously, and there would be plenty of women, there's that, that probably millions around the world who would be pro-life. Hmm. Absolutely, of course they would. Um, yep. But there's also many more that aren't, and and to take their right away, is it, in my opinion, is wrong. Yeah, it's and,
2: definitely something that I'm glad I never have to make any um, decisions about, and I'm glad that I don't have to make any. Legislation decisions about it either because it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> man, yeah yeah such a absolutely difficult thing yeah
0: it's a delicate one yeah and and this, and this yeah. you know this goes this, it's talking about this as well like I kind of feel sort of you know not ro- like I think it's important for men to have these conversations about this because mm-hmm. um you know it's it's we should be I feel I feel like you know we should be supporting the women who are standing there going these people are trying to take our right. You know, hmm. the, our right of way to do this. Um, so I think it's important for us to support from that point of view. But I still feel a little bit sort of like, like, yeah, like we're, we're, we are three white dudes who are having a conversation about, yeah, something we're that also doesn't white really, it doesn't really affect us. Like, well, I mean, it does affect us in, in, you know, it can affect us, but it's not like we can never have an abortion. And it's, I guess, and, yeah,
1: it's a good point. An hour and 15 minutes of conversation. We're also all three white, straight dudes who yeah. are in their 20s and 30s. So also be aware of the fact that we're also, you know, life's pretty all right for us no matter yeah, what we're, exactly we're doing right. Ex- exactly so. right.
0: And and I feel the same way when we talk about race issues or yeah. we talk about Australia Day and, and our indigenous people and these types of issues. I still feel the same way is that like we aren't the ones who shouldn't who should be having these conversations. Yeah. The women mm-hmm. should be, but it is important for us too to make sure that yeah. we support what we feel is right in these situations. What whatever side you're on, mm-hmm. um it's important to obviously show you support for that, but we shouldn't be the ones having these conversations. Yeah. We and, and white men shouldn't be the ones making these types of decisions about abortion, these types of things, in, in my no. opinion. I, but if, I the, think if like those, in everything. Yeah, sorry,
2: I was just going to say, if those white men are the people that women and men have elected, then they kind of have to make those decisions in some sense. So, yeah, we need to elect more women.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would definitely elect more women. Like, I think ultimately for me, it's a thing of like, my advice in general for everything in politics and non-politics, to be fair, is just like just stop and listen to other people who aren't you, right? Mm. Like just stop, like again, because I think it's easy to fall into the trap of like what I think is right and correct. And I would just say that in general in your life, just stop and just listen to other people. Have conversations with people who aren't you. Mm. Um, have conversations with people who come from different places, come from different experiences, come from different cultures. Who or different sexes, or races, or ethnicities, or anything, just come to talk to people who are just different than you in any way, they could come from mm-hmm. a different town, or anything, just listen to what they think, and what they feel, and what their experience has led them to believe, right, it's, it's like the most basic, like, walk them out that's somebody's shoes, right, kind of thing, just like, stop and listen to people, like, don't talk, just listen, and it yeah. can you learn so much, you grow so much. and like, ultimately you might still believe and think that's the same thing. And that's totally fine. That's totally okay. But it at least will challenge your thoughts and views, at least give you new perspectives, at least open you up to new understandings and new experiences. And I think that a kind of a curiosity and a constant desire to kind of grow yourself and your mind and, your base of understanding is something that can only ever benefit you, but also your communities. And so I'd always mm. just say, just
0: listen to other people and that can only do good for the world. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. Um, don't listen to people though, who make petitions about getting people to yes. change their television shows and yeah, or castings. <laughs> and I'm going to wrap our last two rapid fire stories into one. Um, so game of Thrones, as we said off the top ended this week and, uh, Boys, the angry boys and girls The nerds of the internet Are getting upset Very About angry. the last season They're making petitions To have the season rewritten And reshot um, con- uh, Secondary to that Robert Pattinson Who we all know is Best known for his role As the shiny vampire From the Twilight series mm-hmm. um, He was announced That he's going to be The next Batman In the upcoming Matt Reeves Joint The Batman um, And again the The internet, boys and girls, the petulant ones—they all got a little bit upset, and yeah. they have, there's petitions going out to have Robert Pattinson replaced as as um as this. this. To me, is just like such a like we're in such like there's so much like like we've just spoken for an hour and twenty minutes about real issues, you know, real issues, and there's people out there Things who are that spending that it's just, they're spending their time for one. It's just imagine imagine pouring your heart and soul into something. Yes. Like the mm-hmm. like the the writers and producers of Game of Thrones have done, and then have these petulant people create a petition, thousands of them as well. Let's not. This mm-hmm. isn't just like you know a couple. This is multiple tens of thousands of people have signed these petitions to have them have basically their art they've created be thrown out. Imagine being Robert Pattinson, who's an you know an aspiring actor, probably grew up you know in loving Batman and superheroes and that you know is a is a he's a. He's a, you know, he's a a superstar of sorts. He's in the very successful Twilight. He's done some other movies. He's he's very well regarded as a pretty decent actor. Mm -hmm. Imagine getting that phone call to say, Robert, you got it. You're going to be the Batman. And just being like, yeah. And then thousands upon thousands of people on the internet screaming in unison that they want him replaced. Imagine just how shit that would feel. Who are these idiots? I'm...
1: I'm super curious for Jonah's reaction as somebody who also doesn't really watch Game of Thrones. I haven't seen the reaction on Twitter for the last, like, six weeks. <laughs> People just, like, just need to calm down. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's okay. Like, it's a thing. Like, these are TV shows, and they might have bad endings. And that's okay, right? Like, how much Mother has a trash ending? It's bad, mm. and I don't like it. But also how much other there's nine seasons long? And there's a lot of good in that, right? Yeah, like, this
0: is great. Love that show.
1: Yeah. Right. And it's like Game of Thrones is eight seasons long. If you don't like the last season, it's fine. There's seven seasons long. If you're just one of the people who think that both last seasons are bad. Great. There's six seasons mm. that outweigh the two bad ones, even more so because the two bad ones are even shorter. So you're getting mm. even more good for the bad. Like, yeah, you're exactly. like, it's okay. Like a bad ending doesn't wipe out everything that came before. And yeah. I think mm. that, we as kind of a, like, culture almost, like, fetishize Indians. Mm -hmm. Um, They're they're very, 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 very important to us. And that's understandable. But also, it's like, it's the journey to get there, right? Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. everything that got you to that point matters just as much. And I think that if you don't like the Indian, that's totally okay. That's okay if you don't like the Indian. That's fine. If you don't like the season, that's fine. But I think that to try to demand somebody make something that you like because mm. you didn't like what happened to Mass Effect 3 is Oof. uncalled for it's not like this is their story this is what they crafted mm-hmm. and like there's been a lot of like talk of like ownership of like stories and things and all that stuff and like ultimately for me it's all kind of silly and dumb because I always think that Ultimately, the story belongs to the person that made that story. Right, like it's yeah. their story. They can have whatever ending or middle or beginning they want, mm. and then you, as a kind of consumer of that, can react to that however you want. But like, just know that this isn't your thing. You don't mm. own this thing. Yeah, you're not like, entitled this is their to it. Thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's like yeah. for me, for you're you don't anything. Yeah, for me, it was always George Lucas, right for Star Wars, where it's like. A I'll admit that I'm biased because I love George Lucas. George Lucas gave me Star Wars and also mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and also a lot of other things. He j- did a lot on Jurassic Park as well. It's like mm-hmm. George Lucas is incredible. Did he make the prequels? Yeah, but also the prequels—they're fine. Let's all <laughs> know, let's, just, let's, get, let's just get over it. It's, it's been 20 years trying to minutes It's okay. Let's Still just, hurts. Let's just be fine, guys. Sand. Um, but, it's so coarse. Um, but <laughs> I think that. I don't know, like, there's just so much better time to spend your energies and, like, resources in doing this, and, like, for me, it's always that thing of, like, man, I could spend days at a time being really angry and upset and furious and mad over this thing, or I can spend that time just enjoying other things that aren't this. Yeah i can yeah. just, I, like enjoy my time and that seems way more pleasant and fun than that right like mm. when i watched how much of i was ending i was like man i am mad now like urgh i'm so angry and then it's like <laughs> cool and then i flipped the tv off and i walked away and i did something else <laughs> and you carried on with I, your life yeah, yeah i carried on my life exactly was like right. that's fine and like the robert pattinson one is funny because we sh- you you should know by now that you're probably wrong about batman things <laughs> nobody <laughs> wanted michael keaton to be batman and guess what? He's pretty great. Yeah. Nobody wanted no Heath one Ledger pleasure. to yep. be the Joker. And guess what? He's pretty great at it. And, like, mm. maybe... Nobody wanted Ben Affleck. And Ben Affleck was great as Batman. It's like, mm. maybe, Robin Pat, maybe Robin Pattinson will be terrible. Maybe he'll be absolutely trash. I have no idea. Mm. But what I would say is that people whose job it is to figure this out are actually pretty good at picking Batman mm. and Batman mm. villains. And I would say, maybe trust them. Mm. Like... Mm. Yeah. Also, Robert Pattinson, like critically, people love him and like his weird yeah. indie movie stuff like that. So, he's like, a, I, he's, a good, I, he's actor. a good actor. Like, I think I, he can manage I, this. I
0: think it's an inspired choice, honestly. Like, we, I did this yeah. story, you know, a couple of when they announced that Affleck was out. Um, and that they were looking for a younger type Batman. And we rattled off a few different names. And he wasn't one that popped up on my radar. When they announced it, I thought, that's a gr- what a great choice. He's, he seems like a Bruce part. Wayne. He seems very brood yeah. and angry kind of, yeah. Yeah, like. absolutely. Um, so, I think it's an inspired choice for, yeah. for Batman. I think he'll do a, a mm. fantastic job. And I look forward to the to the movie. Um, I, I think the, the key point out of all of this is that you're allowed to not like something. Yes. Just don't be a dick about it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of that simple. Yeah, it's like don't be a don't be a don't be a dick in general in your life. But like mm. this isn't your thing. Just let them tell their own story. And if you don't like it, you cannot play it or watch it or read it and it's okay too. But just don't be a dick basically. Like just let mm. them tell their story and the bad parts don't necessarily overwhelm the good parts, right? Like it's that thing for me where it's like nobody remembers the bad part of BioShock 1. That happens after the climax. Everybody forgets about it, which is fine because the Mm. good parts are so good. Just enjoy the good, just remember the good parts. Yeah. Both of games and movies. In general, just remember the good. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's way more fun. Yeah. I've got a few
2: thoughts on these two things and I'm glad you brought up Mass Effect 3 because, yeah, like that entire game, not just the last 10 minutes, is the ending. I fucking love that game. It's not, yeah, I platinum that game and, you know, people do want closure they want it to end in a way that does justice so i can understand people being upset and complaining about it people have i've muted like so many game of thrones terms on twitter because i just don't Uh, want to know about i don't care but they get through people have found a way to get through to my feed (laughs) and there's been so many complaints about this season Uh, i haven't seen anyone specifically calling for a rewrite but yeah the the animosity is is so there and the disappointment is so great. And I, I can understand it's been eight years, whatever it has been. And it's just an entitlement that people feel an ownership, I think, mm. over this. And like you said, you don't own it. And you have to make peace because this is the ending. It's not going to change. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and a lot of that is because, you know, in, uh, protests on the internet are effortless. Therefore, they're essentially weightless as well. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's. Mm-hmm. we've seen... Thousands upon thousands of signatures for basically memes as well, like things that have no actual, yeah, like integrity behind them or actual uh, sincerity. So that's one thing. The other side of it is, I haven't actually seen anyone complaining about Robert Pattinson. I know that the petition's out there, but everything I've seen is people defending it. And I think this happens a lot is you know, someone writes an article about a small part of the internet and then everyone reacts to it. And mm. I think that's mostly what's happened. I think apart from the very, very small-minded people who will react to Robert Pattinson in a negative way and just talk about Twilight and haven't bothered to look at the rest of his career, people who don't, mm. you know, go the extra mile of, okay, let's think about why he was cast in this position, they're the ones that are going to complain and their opinions don't mean that much to me anyway. So I think that, uh, you know, someone like Jared Leto was probably one of the most positively received castings that turned out to not be so great as the Joker. So people in more often than not don't know what they're talking about when it comes to these things. (laughs) And it's hard to think... I made a a podcast just all about that. (laughs) It's hard to think of a a superhero specifically casting or even like a James Bond rumor because there's not that... That's what I was going to talk about Yeah, the the, the casting for James Bond isn't that frequent. We've had two in like 20 years. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to think of one of those that people have received positively. And it it turns out most of the time we're completely wrong. So I think people just need to chill on that.
1: It's it's that thing for me where it's, like, it's these people's jobs to do this, mm-hmm. and they're pretty good at it. And uh, Like, they don't get to, the, like, these missions to make these big, huge decisions for no reason. Right? Like, they've proved themselves to be, like, pretty adept at this. And, like, I don't know, like, I have some trust in their ability to get it right, right, where it's, like, nobody liked Daniel Craig when he was named James mm-hmm. Bond. And, like, ultimately, James Bond's, I mean, Daniel Craig's run as James Bond, I find to be, like, wildly up and down but like Mm. man when it's up it's phenomenal Mm, yeah he's he's not the
2: issue when there's an issue it's yeah and so it's like
1: i think that you just have to be like all right cool and like it's it's also one of the things like whenever people get angry at like trailers and stuff it's like just wait for the movie to come out before you judge robert pattinson because it Mm. hasn't even we have we know nothing. We don't even know, like, who the villains are, what the story is, what the name of the movie is. Like, because that could really easily change. I'm not sure. Like, it's just like, we don't know anything about this movie other than Robert Pattinson is Batman. Mm. Lit. Like, it's maybe yeah. wait to learn more information. Like, maybe it's wait to watch, like, a trailer even. Mm. Or, like, gasp, shock, horror, the whole movie before we make some sort of judgment <laughs> and, like, declarative statement about the thing. And, like, whether we like the internet or things, too, it's just, like, just, it's okay. Things can have bad endings. In fact, as somebody who's like played games my whole life, lots of games, most games have like totally whatever endings. Most TV <laughs> aren't that shows great, too, right? Most yep. TV shows too, like especially those two things. Like they're so long, it's hard to like maintain it forever. It's also mm. hard to end things. And we shouldn't forget that too. It's not easy to wrap up something that's going to please everybody. Yeah. That's mm. going to make people feel like their investment was worthwhile. And like if ultimately they think it wasn't, that's on them too. Like it's not necessarily your job to do there right? like it's your job to craft an ending that you think is true to what the story has been telling and like i don't know like i think like like maybe my favorite comedy of all time is psych it could certainly up there and like sykes ending is like that's totally fine it was totally fine it wasn't amazing it didn't blow my mind it was like that is an ending that is totally fine but that rings true to that show and like i think that just has to be enough It's like is game of thrones ending true to what the show has been doing the whole time and if the answer is yes it's good enough. And even if the answer is no, it's still good enough because like Jono very smartly said, it's the ending, it's yeah. not gonna change. You can rant and rave about it's Like this reminds me of like if Twitter had existed back when like Shakespeare was making plays, they <laughs> would be pissed off that he killed off Romeo and Juliet. Spoiler alert. So it's like uh, just yeah. get like it's fine. <laughs> like things can have these endings. It's yeah. what the ending is. Like Romeo and Juliet are dead, Game of Thrones is over, how much mother's finished, it's all fine everybody just like hug yourself and like just chill out and like also maybe this is just maybe just if you have like an angry thought just like think about it and then don't put it on the internet instead Mm. just don't do that because Mm. like more often than not it's not going to do you any good to be angry Mm. and upset on the internet yeah don't do Do it it on a podcast instead
0: do it on a podcast (laughs)
1: do it on a podcast
0: yeah Uh, well speaking of endings Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of It Is What It Is. This has been a product of 8-Bit, and you can find all of our content over at 8-Bit.net or search the 8-Bit Collective hashtag on Twitter. And please, if you can, spare a dollar. It would mean the world to us if you get on over to patreon.com slash weare8bit and contribute whatever you can. Uh, Jono, tell (laughs) tell the kids about Comedy Rewind.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I'm glad that you brought it up. So... There is a idea I've had for a while to do a podcast where we get to sit down and watch some classic '90s comedies, your Dumb and Dumber's, your Happy Gilmore's, and what have yous, and then we talk about how they hold up, would they work in 2019? All of these kinds of fun questions that that you can think about and talk about when you're, you know, you've got that hindsight of a couple decades uh, to look back at things that were quite funny at one time. Are they still funny now? Are they politically incorrect now? Does it matter? Does it not matter? That kind of stuff. It's
0: just gonna be a really fun time. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore sexually. Ex- uh, <laughs> not Happy Gilmore. Um, Billy Madison sexually assaulting his teacher.
2: <laughs> yes, his teacher hitting on him. Oh, yeah, it, his his school principal hitting on him. It's weird, but it's gonna be fun yeah. to uh, to talk about. So that's the idea. We're we're fifty dollars or sixty dollars short of our Patreon monthly stretch goal so if we can chip that in from a few different people i think that we can hit that and, and get that podcast rolling i'd love to have both of hit you guys shit. on the show uh at least once together that'd be a lot of fun so mm-hmm. if you're listening out there and think that sounds kind of cool there's a trailer for it up on my twitter and on the 8-bit socials and the patreon page is where you need to go to make it happen
1: Wait. So i think as i tweeted out mm-hmm. last night that when you guys first did all your stuff, and I saw this, I was like, this sounds like the coolest idea I've ever heard <laughs> And like, granted, I was born and raised in the 90s, and so like, I'm yeah. like literally the market for this. Yeah. Um, But it's such a, like, i love this. Year. Like, Dumb and Dumber, and like, all these... Like, Billy Madison, like, Happy Gilmore, like, Wayne's what is a huge one yeah. for me, too, where it's like... half I'm all over <laughs> this, like... Ace venture like oh my god, like anything Jim Carrey did, like sure yeah, yeah. like anything, like oh, Cable yeah. Guy, like these are all Cable lie Guy, lie. like these yes. are all things. That I'm like I'm all over, like this is such a great idea. It's so smart. I'm stunned that it, everybody hasn't already done it. It's such a brilliant idea, and like everybody go donate money so that I can greedily be on this mm. show so many times yeah it's really i'm saying do it do it for me right? do, do it for, for me logan. yeah do it for logan me. when's your birthday um january 3rd okay
2: well let's imagine that it's in june and everybody give okay. give logan june 3rd five people june 3rd. <laughs> five people give logan ten dollars for his birthday yeah. in June, and yeah, then we can just hit that target for one month, and then we can start the podcast. That's the plan. Yeah,
1: right. Do you not love me enough to give me ten dollars? <laughs> audience, that's what I'm saying to you. Um, but yeah, you should also just go donate in general because, as I've said every time I'm on one of these podcasts, Eight Bit is absolutely doing amazing work. You guys are absolutely killing it, and I'm floored. And everybody at IP is floored every single day. You guys do so much work. We talk about you so much. Yeah, that's oh, so sweet. You guys, you're
0: doing you, you amazing work, um, and you're just absolutely killing it. So congrats to all you guys. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate that. Uh, and remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can also follow us on Twitter if you would so please yourself to do. Jono is at Jono himself. Logan is at Lefty Logie, and Excuse I am you. at Cruzy underscore mate. And 8Bit is at we are 8 bit on all of the socials. Remember, if you've enjoyed the show, head on over to iTunes, give us a subscribe, leave us a review, it helps get the word about out about us, helps us be discoverable, and do the same for Logan Wilkinson's podcast hey. input from hey. Irrational Passions and all that content. Tell us about all your, all your other amazing things that you do, my friend.
1: Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Logan Wilkinson. I write for IrrationalPassions.com forward um, slash. Yeah, so we do well-written previews, articles, reviews, features, op-eds... Podcast, lots of podcast. Um, this Friday, which is would be like Saturday morning in Australia, uh, we recorded the newest episode of Video Game Book Club about Bioshock Two. Spoiler: It's good. <laughs> um, you should go check that out and hear all of us talk. Um, and then do all the other fun. Next month, I can't say the game. I'm, I'm, I'm legally not required to, I'm legally not allowed to say the game. But like next month, I'll just say that. We're doing video game book club cross input. So it's just gonna be the input boys Ooh. doing video game book club. And it is yo, that game it George picked the game and it's amazing and I'm so excited and it's gonna be so much fun and badness and it's gonna be great. Um and so you should be very excited to see that and just hear Jarrett scream about how terrible everything is for three episodes. Um so go check all that out. Yes, input Episode 93 will go live this week. Um, We're getting close to one-shot episode. Please give us ideas for what to do for episode 100, because we are still thinking about that. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very, very proud of that show. Um, Go support it. Go listen to it on iTunes and give us five stars. And then while you're there, give all of the 8-bit shows five stars and give OK Beast one star. You know, <laughs> screw, screw mm-hmm. those guys over there. You Fuck know A mean? plus anime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so go do, go do all of that. And then, yeah, uh, we're out there doing stuff. Um. I was supposed to do stuff for Days Gone, but that game's, I don't know, man. I have no thoughts and <laughs> opinions. It's fine. Play it, I guess, if you want. Who knows? Um. But, yeah, go stay tuned to all that. Also, good stuff happening. Me and Jarrett are doing a, a, a film thing we will be doing very soon that I'm excited about over a trio of films. So Ooh. stay tuned for the IP Presents feed for that. Awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun and also very dumb.
0: Excellent. Looking forward to all of that. And shout out, as always, to our wonderful sponsor, Audio Technica, for hooking the 8-Bit Collective up with all the best audio gear in the business. Make sure you head on over to www.audio-technica.com.au for everything you need in the way of audio gear. And head to the 8-Bit Twitter. We have an awesome swag giveaway from Audio Technica this month, so head on over to our Twitter, give it a follow, and check out what you need to do to win some sweet Audio Technica gear. Gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you both this evening slash morning, and I look forward to doing it again very soon. Absolutely. Rewrite this ending. (laughs) Until next time, friends. It is what it is.